Welcome back to Flick 66, APU Cinema's Screen Studies Podcast. I'm Dr. Thomas Parham, one of the hosts, and with me is... Ryan Isay! Who is an adjunct professor of screen studies, and then our... Back from the mainland, Aaron Linneman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here in person. Yes, yes. In, in, in the flesh in instead the flesh. of via Skype. Uh, so we got some news... So let's talk about what's going on. Uh, last weekend's box office was a squeaker. Uh, it looked like Joker was going to have be number one again. And Maleficent squeaked out a win with $19.4 million compared to Joker's $19.2 million. And that brings Maleficent to 66.2 domestic cum after two weeks, and Joker a whopping 277.9 million in week four. I fear that Warner Brothers will learn all the wrong lessons from Joker's success. Uh, Adam's Family fell to third place with $12 million and a 73.1 million domestic cum. Zombieland Double Tap, a thoroughly unnecessary sequel, fell to fourth place with $47.2 million. Countdown opened in fifth. Oh, sorry, that's, uh, I don't have the number for what they made, uh, but I do have that uh, $47.2 million cum. It was much lower domestic box office. Uh, how long will it take me to pull that up? Uh, and then Countdown, uh, Double Tap made $11.8 million, and Countdown, a horror thriller, Open in fifth with $8.8 million and tepid reviews. And one of our APU Cinema alums, Jordan Calloway, who plays Khalil Payne, a.k.a. Painkiller on on Black Lightning, stars in that horror film. Uh, new releases, Terminator Dark Fate, a.k.a. T6, should win the weekend. I saw an advanced screening, uh, the, uh, my veterans organization, or veterans, veterans in Media and Entertainment, an organization I belong to, uh, had a sponsored a, an advanced screening on Tuesday. Uh, Mackenzie Davis, one of the stars, she plays the new, she's not a Terminator. She's an enhanced human. But uh, she uh, spoke a few words at the very beginning of the movie. Linda Hamilton evidently was under the weather. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. I will say it's definitely better than Terminator 3, 4, and 5, a.k.a. Genesis. Uh, the fact that they actually ignore Terminator 3, 4, and 5 Plot-wise, so this movie literally picks up, the prologue starts a year after Terminator 2, um, and then we fast-forward to present day. I have some issues with some of the current events type stuff that they dealt with in the movie. I don't, Again, I don't want to spoil that, but um, it just feels, I fear it could be dated, because, hey, because the U.S. was going through X at this point in time, let's do that in the movie. And when you do that in movies... It, it can make it for the moment instead of for the ages. So Yeah, but genre pictures are always for the moment, I would argue. Yeah. Maybe sometimes more explicitly than others, and maybe this one's a little too explicit. But I would I, say that uh, whether it's <clears throat> veiled or not, that they're always directly addressing what's going on in society. I'll give you a clue. Uh, the the secondary female lead and the the new Terminator who's trying to kill her are both Latino. So just... 
Use your wild imagination, and we start in Mexico. No, yeah, I'm not saying that sometimes it's not uh, far too obvious, the, the references, but I just think that, that all genre pictures are addressing those things. I mean, if you just look at the, if we're going to look at the action genre, if you look at just the villains in the 80s, they were Russian, and then Duh. after, you know, 2000, they become Middle Eastern. So it's always uh, uh, there. But, but if you want to be politically correct, Use a white Euro trash bad guy of indistinct origin, ethnic origin. Well, that was like famous in the nineties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the thing, you know, like nineties have no commentary. Like Jerome Crabb in uh, The Fugitive. You've got the protagonist and antagonist who are both basically good guys. Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. So the villain is some Richard. Of course, I'm villain. I speak with indistinct European accent. Yeah, (laughs) we don't have anti defamation league. Yeah, I knew. I knew. I. Before you even gave the, gave the hint, I've seen the trailer. I just knew exactly what you were going to say with that. Yeah. The uh, I think the other problem with with T six is that franchise is so tropey. There's only so many move. I mean, basically, one comes back to protect, one come back, one come, comes back to kill. I mean, that's almost the setup for. Every single movie in the franchise. Well, the thing is, the first one was innovative in its plot, and then the second one was innovative in in changing that plot right. and making the villain the the hero. And then ev- after that, it's just been like, oh, this new villain is Liquid, or he's this. Like, it's all about the special effects of the new yeah. villain. It has nothing to do with the change in the narrative. Well, this has lots of stuff blowing up, so well, that's, that's why I go yeah. see these movies anyway. So I'll yeah. appreciate. So if you it, like but... stuff that blows up real good, Terminator Dark Fate is in your league, and it is good to see Hamilton and Schwarzenegger again, and oh. they and they share a single card. I just think it's so amazing how the uh, artificial intelligence of our future is so advanced that it has gray hairs on its older Terminators. <laughs> they they really don't. Explain. They don't even bother. They, they don't even bother. It's yeah. like, yeah, just go with it. They didn't really they, bother. They in the tried, I'm, they, they I'm, very the, I'm very organic. They tried in Genesis to create the 70s Arnold, and it looks so oh, bad. It's the worst. Some of the, the I would say other than um, The Rock and, uh, was it Mummy 2? Worst CGI representation of a character. They, they do a, an adequate job in the brief sequence from the prologue of a young Arnold. I gotta, I gotta say though that um, I saw Gemini Man a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry, HFR. Oh, why are they still doing that? I wanted to see HFR it making film look like video. Yeah, I, <laughs> I wanted to see it in that. What do you think? It okay? It's a, it's, it's not that it's like it's bland. It's very bland, and like the, I'm, I'm here to say that they did a pretty good job with Young Will Smith, except the last scene looks so, so bad yeah but why do i want to see a young will smith i'm tired of an old will smith so I have to <laughs> young ones. hey i'd rather see young will smith than any jaden smith i was trying to, oh, that is <laughs> yeah i was trying to like squint my eyes to try to make it oh seem like it was more realistic you know it's a little blurrier that's been out for 20 days and has only managed to make 44.7 million dollars big box office box. i don't understand why they let him to do it uh, do that after the um billy lynn long halftime walk that because that was such an expensive film back, that yeah. really was not that oh, not the right movies he's not using the right well that that movie was supposed films. to be it was written in the 90s what billy no gemini man it was original. It was written, and and did it feel 90s. like it was from the nineties? Exactly. Yep. Oh, it's definitely a nineties plot. It's Ouch. Like, yeah, it's up there with like 
a worse version of like Face Off and stuff. I don't know. I like Face Off. No, Face Off is good. Yeah. But this Face Off is good in a bad way. Face yeah. Off isn't good in like you can't, they just shot thirty bullets well, at each other and it, not it, one it, landed. It knew it was cheese corn. Yeah, exactly. It knew it was cheese corn. It didn't have any pretension of being anything else. But they, they're trying to remake that, and you can't remake that. Face Off. Yeah. Why? No, because it would end up being like the RoboCop remake. Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's just lightning in a the bottle. soul is going to be lost out of, or, yeah. or remaking like Reanimator. Certain films don't need to be, be remade, remade. Yeah. and shouldn't be remade. Yeah. Um. Also opening this weekend, uh, the widely, uh, the biopic Harriet, which is getting uh, pretty good reviews. Edward Norton's crime drama Motherless Brooklyn, which he is his second directorial effort. Which is interesting. There's a big gap between his first one and his second one, which means yeah. me to be hmm, interesting. And then the animated film Arctic Dogs, which is not not from a major studio, and I predict that that will die like an Arctic dog at the box office. Uh, noteworthy TV casting cancellations, renewals, and pickups. Apple TV Plus launched today. More on that when we talk feature stories. Uh, Lee Pace and Jared Harris will star in a. And an Apple TV Plus series adapted from Isaac Asimov's Foundation. I just, boy, those books are so kind of interior and it's about knowledge. Who, I don't want to, uh, Apple TV Plus doesn't know who it's, who it wants to be. And that's part of the problem. And the pickup of this is like, who are you trying to be? Um, AMC has canceled Lodge 49 after two seasons. CBS has renewed Evil for season two. Have y'all seen that yet? I don't even know what that is. It's a show. It's actually pretty good. I met one of the writers a couple weeks ago. Um, it's about uh, the dude who played uh, Luke Cage for Netflix works for the Catholic Church, and he investigates alleged demonic possessions and alleged miracles. Mm. And it's interesting because the first batch of episodes they. They basically debunk everything. But episode four, that starts to change. Really? Plus, uh, Michael Emerson from Lost shows up and is up to no good. But uh, Mike Coulter, I mean, he was great as Luke Cage. He's good in this role. It's an interesting part. Um, it's basically about it. It's kind of not really X-Filesy per se, but it's creepy. Hmm. And f it's fascinating. Um from the makers of The Good Wife, the creators of The Good Wife, Robert Michelle King. Um, yeah, it's hard to describe. Um, hopefully in a couple of weeks, toward the end of November sweeps, we'll talk about the, the winners and losers of the TV, of the fall season. Uh, CBS has also given full season orders to All Rise, Carol's Second Act, The Unicorn, and Bob Hart's Abishola. The CW has given full season orders for Batwoman and Nancy Drew. And Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity uh, Felicity Snow, will return for, or sorry, Felicity Smoke, will return for Arrow's series finale uh, in, in winter. Disney Plus has ordered high school basketball series from writer-producer David E. Kelly, a.k.a. Mr. Michelle Pfeiffer, and attached John Stamos to star as a girls' basketball coach. While we're on Disney Plus real quick, can we just take a moment to appreciate the Mandalorian trailer that was released on oh. Monday? I'm now more excited for the Mandalorian than I am for Episode Nine, even though it comes out you're, in two weeks. You're, you're not the only one who said words like that to me. Um, I want to. I mean, 
Apple TV Plus thought it was such a coup that we're going to beat Disney Plus by 11 days. It's like, let's discuss that in future stories because yeah. are you really Apple TV? Really? Um, Freeform has canceled Cloak and Dagger after two seasons. This means that all of the Marvel's, uh, Marvel television projects, the Netflix series, um, the FX series, the Fox series, the Freeform series, the only thing that's left, Hulu still has Runaways, and Cloak and Dagger actually are going to make a guest appearance in the coming season. But it looks like, based on Marvel's Phase 4 that they presented at D23, that Marvel Studios is taking television projects back under direct control. Um, Aaron, did you see that uh, Kevin Feige got a big promotion? Oh, he did? He's CEO of Marvel Entertainment now. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think, And I that includes the comics and the TV and the studios. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how this new, you know, I think we're going to start seeing much more converged, you know, because those the new the series for Disney Plus are MCU set and part of Phase 4. It should be very tight. Yeah. Um, at HBO, the Game of Thrones prequel pilot with Naomi Watts is not going to series. However, a prequel series centered on House Targaryen based on George R.R. R. Martin's book Fire and Blood, that pilot evidently is going to proceed and still has a possibility of being picked up. Um, HBO also has a first look deal with Adam McKay, and the first project resulting from that is going to be in a Jeffrey Epstein limited series. It's not quite Chernobyl, but whatever. <laughs> how bad must that, sorry? How bad must that a pilot have been if they canceled it? I mean, they had major stars attached, and I don't hear about that happening that often. At least not when they publicize so much that they're making it. I'm wondering if it's kind of the fallout from the Benioff and Weiss thing, where if it wasn't really, if if it wasn't that great, and they're like, you know, we're not going to do this again. Are they not attached to the next one that they're making? I don't think they're attached to anything anymore. Just Netflix stuff now. Are they exclusive to Netflix? Yeah, they signed like a nine nine figure deal with Netflix. Uh. Which is, uh, we'll talk about them later. Maybe that has yeah. something to do with it as well. If you've got your showrunners signing a deal with your competitors, I don't know that you'd want to move ahead with... Well, the thing is, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they were attached to the to the prequel or not. Um, I just H- don't understand, because that, she's a huge star, and I don't... It seems oh, Naomi Watts, yeah. yeah the, the, the fact that, that she was going to do TV. The, the then... fact that she was going to do TV. Cause... You think that like they would have made a, a a decent script if you have Naomi Watts attached? That if it's not a good enough, I I just I'm just curious to know what where along the Dink, process did Dink, it. Dinklage, screw up. Dinklage was Oscar nominated before he did the Game of Thrones pilot, and you know we now know. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We're going to talk about D and D, as some people call them. Uh, HBO Max has a launch date, May 2020, and a price point 14.99. Um, so I guess that's in May 2020, I'll be canceling my HBO subscription through my, through DirecTV. Uh, I'm not paying them twice. Um, they will stream South Park exclusively in a deal worth 500 to $550 million. Ka-chunk! That's crazy! Yeah. Ugh. So, kids, the, the moral of the story is you, too, can be that little boy who says pee-pee-poo-poo-caca in the schoolyard and one day be a multi-zillionaire. <laughs> I do have an episode I love because it's so true. Which one? It's when they're 
um, playing Little League Baseball and they don't want to play anymore, but they accidentally make it to the playoffs, so they're like constantly trying to lose so they don't have to play over the summer <laughs> right, anymore. That's funny. I think one of my favorite early episodes is Christian Rock Hard, where Cartman forms a Christian oh, rock yeah, band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one, one of my students from uh, Christianity Creative Process turned me on to that. Okay. I like the fish sticks episode. Oh, that's, <laughs> a good one. that's a good one. And the, the Tom Cruise Scientology episode is also a classic. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of the closet, Tom. <laughs> uh, uh, HBO Max has ordered four one-hour Adventure Time specials. They are developing a Green Lantern-inspired series. I don't know what that means exactly. From Greg Berlanti, who is the the uber, uber producer of the Arrowverse shows and many of the DC Universe shows. And he was one of the writers on the ill-fated, the only good thing that came out of it is Ryan Reynolds and... Um, and his wife met on that f- movie, and I bet they they tell their kids never ask, never ask mommy how daddy and she met. Yep, and uh, Taika Waititi was in that movie. And Taika Waititi played that. Taika Waititi played Tom Kamwaku, but um, yeah, <laughs> he managed to escape that movie. Yeah. But boy, it is a stinker. Rick and Morty will stream all seasons on HBO Max upon launch. New episodes will continue to premiere on Adult Swim and then be available for streaming on HBO Max. So, new episodes every four years. <laughs> oh, Five <okay>. new episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Netflix has set the cast of the Shonda Rhimes series Inventing Anna based on the life of con artist Anna Delvey. It's going to star Julia Garner, who just won an Emmy for... Uh, oh, the thing... What's the thing with the Jason... Um, Oh, Arrested Development, Bateman. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, Ozark. Ozark. She just won the Emmy for Ozark. Anna Klumski, who was, who just finished uh, several years on Veep. Laverne Cox from uh, Orange is the New Black. Katie Lowe's, formerly of Scandal, and Alexis Floyd. And they've also bought the Felicity Jones, Shailene Woodley romantic drama, The Last Letter from Your Lover. Sony is shuttering their PlayStation View pay TV service. So the first victim of the streaming wars. Didn't they just make a deal with Disney? Sony? Yeah. I wouldn't with I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. Oh, was that Sony? Yeah. They, 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 they have like the streaming rights or something. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say one of the didn't one of the cable companies make a deal with Disney that you, they get free Oh and oh it was um shoot, uh, Verizon. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're getting Disney TV. I didn't have my three You years, get Disney TV. But you you get, get Disney TV. It's valid until... You have to have an unlimited plan, and then all you have to do is sign up through that, even if you already have one, and you get a year free, and it's good till June 2020. Wow. Uh, USA Network has canceled Pearson, the suit spinoff, after one season. Other film news. So this is where we talk about D&D. Game of Thrones, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will not be making a Star Wars trilogy, and the fans are rejoicing. Um, I boy, We're there seemed the... to be a lot of spin in many of the articles that I read about this because the timing just seems oh so coincidental. Do you know about the well? Word on the street was that it happened in May, and there was a soft release, like. Like, around the time the season eight was ending for mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, they kept it quiet for, like, them to have other potential deals. That's what I heard, that it happened in May. And that they just kept it quiet since May. Interesting. The other thing, over the weekend they spoke at the uh, Austin Film Festival. Do you mm-hmm. know about this? I heard about this today, yeah. And they, um, they were... 
way too candid and somebody was live tweeting it and uh, a few of my friends who are veteran uh, veteran writers uh, and a lot of veteran writers especially some of the women and ethnic minorities were not pleased that these guys are saying yeah we didn't know what we we're doing it was like oh on the job training and you know our first cut of the pilot was short so hbo made us go back and shoot more ep more minutes so we could fill out the time and because a lot of uh you know for to be approved to be a showrunner by the networks and the studios you know your name has to be on a list and these two came off like a bunch of yahoos it's like well why did you get the keys to the ferrari i, I think mean, it had to do with george rr martin Evidently, he was still apprehensive because he really? he had a lot of TV experience. I mean, he's toiled in writers' rooms, and if I were he, I'd be like, "Who are these? Who are these like kids who know nothing about anything? And why are they giving them my IP?" To be honest, though, I think the reaction would have been completely different if season eight was amazing, but it wasn't. It wasn't. And had they actually had the cojones to to take the slings and arrows of disgruntled fans at Comic-Con, you know. Yeah. But to be announced and then to decide yeah. not to show up, I mean, that's just, ugh. Yeah. But I don't know. So, and, and some people are like, oh, good for Kathy Kennedy. And some people are like, ooh, you know, maybe it's, oh, the boys are, are I'm sorry. They're not that good. Well, did you see what, what um, Phil Lord or Chris Miller tweeted last what they, night? No, what did they tweet? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but <laughs> here's the thing. If I were Kathy Kennedy, I'd be a little bit more careful when assigning directors or well, writers to these projects like... because you're you're cheapening the brand. I mean, if you yeah. you, you cannot afford another solo deba debacle. Well, what I heard is that like. I heard somebody saying, I think this is a good thing. She kind of just wants, like, the hot new toy. Because this has been, like, the fourth time they, like, let somebody go on a Star Wars project. Yeah, but sometimes they were with good reasons. Like, yeah. Joshua Trank, that was a great move. And, um, I just think, I think Kennedy needs to step out. If she, like, she, I don't think she, I think she's a great producer. I don't know if she has the full Star Wars vision. I think somebody like Dave Filoni should step in and be the Kevin Feige. That Kevin would be awesome. Feige of Star Wars. Or even Favreau. Or or Favreau and Filoni working together. Yeah. Because what they're doing on Mandalorian from Because it, it seems like what we've seen so under, far. Under Kennedy, it's been kind of like, oh, just do what you want. And I think part of the problem is just because you're a great producer doesn't mean you're a great executive. Yeah, or that you people. don't fully studio respect exec. the IP for what it is. Like Kevin <clears throat> Feige, who's like been in this Marvel war for forever, so yeah. that's why. No thoughts about any of this? I just feel like I'm already, they've already, you're talking about uh, oversaturating or over, like, respecting it, it. It's, it's, damage is done for me. Milky, you think they've milked the cash cow till her teats bleed? When I started checking Blend. my phone during an action sequence of Han Solo in oh! the theater, I realized that, like, it was dead. It was Ow. dead. But did you see the new Mandalorian trailer? I'll watch it as soon as they put it on a DVD and I don't have to pay their subscription. I think it would be cheaper to pay for their subscription. No. <laughs> Link, Link Plus. Listen, all students. Link Plus. You can get things for free. Don't bother. <laughs> um, interesting. I don't know. I, I think it's weird that 
everybody seems to be everybody, not just Kathy Kennedy, but everybody's looking for the hot, you know, for the next, you know, for today's what, what's 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 the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, the next best thing or you yeah, know, the flavor of the day. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, just the fact that Universal paid all that money to re up uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Peele's Monkey Paw. And Jordan Peele, like five year, five years, first look exclusive at Universal for film. It's like he had one truly amazing movie, and then he's got one. Yeah, it made money, but it's a mediocre movie. I said this before. It, it's all it is is um, M Night Shyamalan again. It was the exact same thing with Sixth Sense. Ugh. Unbreakable was the same hype that we had with us. And and if he makes a signs next, I'll be excited because it's at least a return to form, a good film. You but, didn't like Unbreakable? No, I like Unbreakable. But I guess my point is that um, Us was a, a decline. Yeah. Jordan Peele. So to have him make a sign, uh, like, uh, which was the deal. Shyamalan's fourth film, but really for audiences that knew him, his third film of significance, if he returned to, like, a, that kind of event picture, I'd be excited. But I have a feeling it's just going to be more like what we saw from Shyamalan after Signs. More uh. Lady in the Waters, more The Village, more just hype, but not following through the last airbender yeah i just see a steady decline and and part of that is the twilight zone part of that is seeing that he's backed off from Candyman. now he's just producing because that's what i've seen also is those those filmmakers that are iconic for their films start just producing more so if you look at how many films were produced by alejandro aha or um uh quentin tarantino Mm -hmm. or you know i mean they they capitalize on the success of their one film but they realize the property's not good enough to put their name as the director on it they'll just make money off of it yeah i mean that's what i see cameron's only directed how many films like five seven (laughs) and i think i think that the choice that for lebron james to make friday the 13th is also capitalizing on the success of jordan peele because he said look i'm a black person that's making horror movies they can be successful i don't think it's (laughs) insignificant that uh that uh you know that a black basketball player who has no history experience whatsoever yeah i think that it's his celebrity and his race that's going to end up affecting i i see it end up becoming an urbanized version of it i will see i just i just think it's weird that's like what what are your qualifications i'm rich and famous and black I mean, it's um, any any. And success, besides that, yeah. I mean, any success though. It's you even look at the way they market. I I just started looking at uh like after seven the he's very famous made a lot of money. All the serial killer films after that had one black actor, one white actor, uh, and they put it on the poster the exact same way seven had. So it's just this regurgitation of whatever made money. But they don't have David Fincher directing. No, and no. they don't have that killer script, and, and yeah, and that's that's we see the decline. Um, usually, it's not a decline within the director's canon, at, like Shyamalan and Jordan Peele. But so, I have a feeling that's where. So we're you're saying that. imitation is the sincerest form of Hollywood? Ha! Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Disney is also wooing Robert Zemeckis to direct live-action Pinocchio. Sigh, and they have greenlit Ant-Man three from director Peyton Reed. I mean, I'm interested to see Pinocchio. Why? Because it's not like a musical where it's like... What do you mean it's not like a musical? There's music in it. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, it's not like iconic, like, as iconic. When you wish on a, on a star? Yeah, that song. The, <laughs> no, it'll be like, it'll be like... I, I got it. no strings 
to hold me down. I see it. No, I see it more like Dumbo. That you're gonna have like a one moment where Danny DeVito. If you see it like Casey Dumbo, Jr. Dumbo was a dud. No, 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 no. <laughs> I see it. I don't see it as a like a complete rehash. I I can see this being interesting. Uh, I don't know why, this, but I'm interested to see it. I'm interested to see it. This makes more sense than Dumbo because Dumbo was a success. At least remaking Pinocchio makes a little more success a sense because it was considered a failure when it came out. Yeah, but I don't think it's a good idea. It's not. I I I, I hate this. I, I hate didn't this. say it was gonna be good. I said I'm interested. And I don't like this animated to live action strategy. None well, of them have been good other than... I have Jungle a better feeling Lincoln. about this one. Cinderella was decent. I like Cinderella. I like Aladdin. I did not care for Aladdin. I thought it was okay. I, I'm more interested in the films that aren't a part of the Disney renaissance because you know they're just going to do... They're going to just redo the whole... like They're just going to copy the whole Disney renaissance films. Wait, what are you talking about? How is Pinocchio and Dumbo not part of the Disney renaissance? That's no, what like, I'm not like, understanding. There's like different eras of like Disney. I'm talking about like the from Little Mermaid to... You mean the Katzenberg era? Y- yeah, or they call it like the... The Renaissance era. Yeah, but the, the, there have the, been so many Renaissances. There's in so many. There's different eras when it comes to. I don't really know all the eras' names, but trust me, there's like right different eras for. What different I don't understand is Pinocchio time. is as iconic of a Disney film as there could be. Yeah, but so what? I, I guarantee you, more people if you ask them on the street to list off the like plot details to The Lion King based off of to Pinocchio because you're, yeah, you're talking about a '90s film. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But but that doesn't mean that that people don't know Dumbo, people don't know Snow White, people don't know Sleeping Beauty, people don't I know think Cinderella. Thanks, I think thanks to Disney Plus, people are gonna know everything because the vaults can yeah. be on. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I I can see this being like more of a Jungle Book Mulan. There's so, there's source material. Haven't to this. we? Haven't there's we? There's source had... material to all of them. Uh, not the Lion King, unless you go yes. back to that anime. Wait, no, it, it, it was it's called, Hamlet. It was called Bambi meets Hamlet in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> it's Hamlet. Well, well, with a little a... Kimba the White Lion thrown in. I mean, All try... I'm saying, I hope Little Mermaid goes to the actual version where she ends up. Oh, they're not. They are not going herself to herself becomes the have, sister. Have, of the... have you read the actual fairy tale? <laughs> I know it's depressing. I know it's no. like holy <laughs> crap. It's not. Give none me of that. Them. None Disney, of give me that. You're, you're not. You're no, doing they Star will Wars not do. Uh, no. <laughs> I can dream. I, I'm saying my preference. I'm uh, not saying what they're gonna do. Okay. Um, Sony's gonna re-release Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with new footage. Um, Yay. Uh, and miscellaneous news, Rachel Weiss will play Elizabeth Taylor in Seesaw Films, A Special Relationship, how she went from actor to activist. Oscar Isaac is going to star in Oscar winner Paul Schrader's revenge thriller, The Card Counter. May it not be as strange and off-putting as the third act of, uh, what was the thing with First Reformed with mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke? And then Edgar Ramirez, best known for the assassination of Johnny Versace on FX, uh, American Crime Story from a like a year ago. He's going to star in The War is Ended from writer-director Hagar Ben-Asher's award-winning script about a man in search of his children. Let's get back to Apple TV+. Plus. I, I've titled this episode Apple TV Plus or Minus. I have now sampled two of the four of the high, higher-profile new shows. But when I say new shows, okay, here's the thing. All that's available on Apple TV+, Apple TV Plus are these new shows that they've either made or that they're licensing for new, like Ghostwriter is being brought back. And there's another kid's show that I didn't really care about. But it's, it's like, like six shows. There's like six shows. It's like, 
Really? You're asking people to pay five bucks a month for six shows when in 11 days for plunking down, you know, what's the official price for for Disney TV? Like seven bucks? Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Free You're getting basically... <laughs> yeah, free free. <laughs> that was not a paid <laughs> endorsement. Um, you're going to get, like, the Walt Disney Vault and uh, Marvel and Lucasfilm and Nat Geo and Pixar for seven bucks. And Apple, ooh, you got their first, and you have a whopping six original shows. Yeah. But it's got Jennifer Aniston and it's got Steve Carell. I love Michael okay. Scott. Let me tell you. And Aquaman. I love Aquaman. <laughs> People, people aren't struggling to see or are striving to see Steve Carell do dramatic things. It's just not anyone's desire. And I think people don't know that it's a dramatic thing. Here's the thing. I did it. not know. I thought it was going to be a comedy. Yep. Imagine exactly. my surprise exactly. when it pulls up to being an hour and three minutes or whatever. And then when I start watching this thing, there, HBO had a, an Aaron Sorkin show called The Newsroom. It ran three seasons. That was a good show. I like The Newsroom despite its flaws. And it first have flaws formatting issues well that's an, that's another discussion yeah. but still i would rather have imitation sorkin yeah. tofu sorkin than what this show the morning show is and the rip from the headlines thing here's the premise of the show jennifer aniston is on a very today like show and steve carell plays a very matt lauer anchor who is fired because of me too stuff and it's like oh my gosh did you have to be so current, ripped from the headlines, and there's no nuance What's whatsoever? His name? Pat Bauer? <laughs> no, he, he's got. He, I mean, he's got your typical newscaster type name. It's got a good cast, but the writing is is subpar. I mean, well, that's is, what that's what uh, it is what like. Apple is it's a subpar product with a glossy. Oh, look. don't say that. Apple Apple computers. Apple products are renowned for their ease of use, their glossiness, the branding, whatever. I, I do just, have a Mac. I, I, I'm not talking laptops, but I am talking, I, I do like my Android phone. Um, so that's the morning show. Now, the good news is that uh, For All Mankind, and I got to see the first 16 minutes at uh, New York Comic Con last month, and I saw, I watched the entire pilot this morning, is good. It's an alternative history type thing from Ronald D. Moore and um, a couple of the Battlestar Galactica writers or co-executive producers in the show. And the premise is that the Soviets beat the United States to the moon. Therefore, the U.S. is playing catch up with the space program. What's fascinating from the panel at New York Comic Con and from my History of Television textbook, both of them reached the same conclusion that had we not gotten to the moon first in real life, we'd still have a thriving space program. But because we beat the Russians to the moon, it's like, hey, we're, we won, woo! And our space program basically, you know, fizzled out. So um, I'll be interested to see how this show plays out. However, comma, that's the only of the four big profile, high profile shows that I'm really interested in. The other two, one is a comedy about young Emily Dickinson starring Haley Steinfeld. And I'm like, yeah, Ryan's making your... I wish I could take a picture of Ryan. Sounds like it. rain. No, I saw the trailer. Well, it's like rain, but I don't know. I doubt if it has a laugh track. But seriously, an Emily Dickinson comedy? Who's that for? It's It, it seems very current, too, on issues. 
Do they have pop music playing? I haven't watched this one yet. <laughs> I've seen the trailer. They have pop music playing. Oh, that's oh, awful. Oh, that's awful. And then the other one is C S E E, starring Jason Momoa, aqua Aqua Momoa, and Alfre Woodard. And the reviews have not been kind. They say it's a hot mess. But a lot of people, <laughs> and by a lot of people, I mean uh, reviewers and the, especially the trades. I think it was Variety had a uh, they 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 basically had a debate between some of the reviewers talking about Apple TV Plus, and they're like. Who is this service for? Because each of these shows hits a different dar- target demo. I mean, the the Dickinson thing seems like it's CW friendly, like Ryan just pointed out, and C sounds like it's leftover, you know, sci-fi, as in Sci-Fi Channel or Syfy, if you since they spell it S Y F Y. Uh, for all mankind, could be something hashed out from AMC, and who knows what. Uh, the morning show would be on forty-year-old moms, moms. <laughs> for uh, somebody said CBS All Access with with apologies to the Good Fight, but just and then the and they've got these two kids shows, but it's like they're shooting with a shotgun. And granted, Netflix has something for everyone, but they've got a huge library of stuff and also you know existing stuff how, how did apple not work out any deals with anybody to get more content on this service that's just because weird jennifer aniston and steve carell you think i'm gonna pay five bucks a month for jennifer aniston and steve carell i guarantee some people will no maybe 10 years ago i mean i mean my generation is like the office resurgence and friends resurgence on Netflix. Yeah, but so. that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything because how many people went and saw uh, the movie that Steve Carell did where he's the I wrestling? Did. Oh, Foxfire. Yeah, I saw Foxfire. It. It no, I great. mean you guys. That's did. a great movie. But but how many how many office people went and said, because "Oh, I have to go see that." I bet some office people saw Beautiful Boy because him and Holly were. Uh, but that would be the <laughs> dumbest decision ever, though, because that movie has nothing tonally similar. But to but the here's. Office. Nothing. Here's the thing. I mean, what, what what Ryan's trying to get at is if you've got people renowned for comedy, why are you putting them in a in a lackluster drama? That's just stupid. Which also Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell's triumphant return to television in a mediocre drama that networks probably passed on. Also, that beautiful boy reunion was a dumb idea because that film you should not be celebrating a reunion from two people that are known for their comedy. Re- uh, uh, and have them a divorce couple as well. So not only are we going to bring them a- back and remind them of those roles, but we're going to destroy your image of them as a ma- happily married couple ever after from The Office. There's a lot of jokes about them raising, yeah, that being a continuation. It's not a good idea. I, I mean, just I didn't make the idea, so I don't. I mean, if I were handicapped, if I were handicapping the eight streaming services that we will have with us by this time next year. I would I would put Apple TV Plus at the top of the endangered species because it just seemed like this was a black this was a bad business model. Yeah, and um, I gotta say I'm I'm getting some respect for Disney Plus's marketing because they like are telling you oh this is all it's gonna be on launch, but they keep releasing new stuff that you don't hear about. So you're like oh man, there's more, there's more. Like today they're like. The big th- announcement today was Avatar is going to be. And they had James Cameron be like, hey, I'm on the set on Avatar 2. Check out Avatar. Oh, they a- are they actually filming Avatar 2 finally? 
yeah, he's like, whew, behind me is the set of Avatar 2. Or he said something about Avatar 2, but he's like, you can stream Avatar on Disney Plus on launch day. So, yeah. Ugh. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm... And uh, uh, McGregor, Obi-Wan, was on talk shows. Oh, yeah. And he was saying that he had to keep that a secret for like five years, four or five years. I was going to say, they've been, yeah. they've, been, they've been negotiating that deal with him for a long time. I'm just giving my Obi my Obi Wan series and I'll be happy. Yep. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, we won't spend as much time talking about it. But who watches The Watchmen? We do. At least two of us do, or two One of us watch half. parts of it. <laughs> um, I'm planning no, on it. Watchmen. Uh, full disclosure: I love the graphic novel. Didn't care for the theatrical cut. Oh, I love. Oh, I well. Like the director's yeah. cut better. The ultimate edition, I think, is is a a, a fine piece of filmmaking but when i heard that lindelof was attached to the show i'm like damon lindelof as in lost my it, my reaction was you know imagine me as a giant pez pulling back my head and going because i don't think he's a great storyteller full disclosure but i Did gotta admit for the leftovers either i tried to jim lincoln tried to one of our other screenwriting profs tried to get me into it and i watched like the first four episodes of season one and then watched an episode that Jim got me to but I just couldn't get into it it's just like ugh Sound Food Network left over no <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is, I know what it is. but <laughs> he made he made a bold choice he and the writing staff made a bold choice this is a sequel to both the graphic novel and the movie and the opening sequence of the series is the Tulsa, is a recreation of the Tulsa race, uh, the Tulsa massacre of the 20th century, where uh, white supremacists killed a bunch of uh, African Americans. And it's fascinating that there was there's been quote unquote controversy from internet trolls slash fanboys slash I don't know who these people are, but they need to get a life. But they were accusing HBO of getting all political with Watchmen. And obviously they don't realize that Alan Moore created Watchmen specifically to be political about so many things. And one of the things that's interesting about this new, this continuation of the storyline is there, you know, we actually have a major African-American character instead of just, you know, background characters. And Regina King, who has two Emmys and an Oscar and is amazing, plays Sister Knight and she's terrific. And the cast includes Don Johnson, um, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who played Black Manta and Aquaman, plays uh, Regina King's uh, husband. And then Jeremy Irons plays the older version of Ozymandias. Um, Gene Smart is going to eventually show up playing uh, the second Silk Spectre, who now goes by her, her biological name, Lori, uh, Lori Blake instead of Lori Jupiter. And I'm sure we'll get an explanation as to why. But it's got a great cast. It's interesting. Oh, and Tim Blake Nelson uh, is in it. It's just, I mean, it's got a great, like, indie cred, street cred cast. I was excited to see Tim Blake Nelson in it. I really was. I I don't, I can't think of anything I've seen him in that I didn't like him. He's a solid director. He's a solid oh, actor. Oh, no, he's a great director. Yeah. But um, he's playing Looking Glass. But it's just... It's fascinating that uh, that they would take this risky approach knowing, oh, and what's fascinating also is the 7th Cavalry 
is a white supremacist group in the Watchmen's timeline that you, has adopted Rorschach's mask. Not necessarily because Rorschach was a racist, he wasn't, but because Rorschach was a vigilante mm -hmm. who was violent, who took things into his own hand and became a hero to these, uh, for lack of a better word, malcontents. But I give kudos to HBO for giving people a history lesson because I've had yeah. so many people come up to me and saying, I did not know about these Tulsa you know, massacres until this. I watched the show and mm -hmm. looked it up. It's like, whoa. Yeah, well, I heard that too, that a lot of people didn't know about it. So, say, to quote Sigourney Weaver's father, Sylvester L. Pat Weaver, there is, you know, television can be both education and educational and inspirational. <laughs> and it's not TV, it's HBO. <laughs> Anybody else have any thoughts? I. Uh, that Mandalorian trailer, man. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It. I'm glad well, it's TV next... 14. I'm glad it's TV 14. Yes, thank you for not I was afraid making... it was going to be TV PG. I'm glad well, I didn't it... want it to be TVMA like everything on DC Universe seems to be. Yeah, it seems it seems pretty gritty for me. Uh, man, what a, what a, what a what a trailer! That was a spectacle for me. Uh, the 15 million budget for each episode well spent. What? 15 million? Mm -hmm. Wow. Do you know that the Hawkeye series and a couple other Marvel series could cost up to 220 million per episode? 200 million per season. Per season? Yeah. But that's still about what you pay for a movie, so. Mm -hmm. I mean, Disney's got deep pockets, dude. Yeah. And they want to draw they want this thing to work. They're throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it. No less well, than 15 million when on the Obi-Wan series. When we reconvene in two weeks, we will have seen episode one of The Mandalorian. There's battle droids in it. It's going to show a little bit of the Clone Wars. I'm super excited. But my understanding is it takes place after A New Hope, though, right? It takes place after, no, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, I'm not after A New Hope, after Return of the Jedi. But I think there's going to be flashbacks cause, um, to when he was a kid because you see in the trailer, you see super battle droids chasing Ooh. the mom and the little kid. So, this is, so it's going to cover what some people could call the intertestamental period of Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> and I just think, I think this is great. For a Star Wars fan, I'm excited. It looks like they're going to explore a lot and expand the universe. And, I, I mean, that's what I'm going into thinking. Hopefully, I won't be disappointed. But I'm excited. Huh. Ryan, we'll, we'll have to, like, invite you over to watch some Mando with us. Yeah, we'll just log in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll uh, be available back in two weeks with more news and uh, our hot takes on the Mandalorian pilot. Bye. Bye, thanks for coming. <laughs>